The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded, brought to you by Habs Eyes on the Prize.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Habs and Minded. Uh, it's Sunday morning in Sweden. It's a sunny Sunday morning, and uh, I'm joined by Anton Rasegård from even a sunnier place in Sweden, Skåne. Yeah, I mean it feels so weird. Sweden is all sunny every day nowadays. I don't know what has happened. Nah, well, it's probably this climate change thing that going on. I'm not sure, but yeah. that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about Canadians' prospects in Europe and. We sort of know where everyone will play next year, except for the ones that might be drafted out of the SHL Liga, KHL, DEL, if if we're really lucky and get Tim Stutzle. Uh, But there are more or less certain. The prospects that we have followed this year, we know where they will play next year, unless Jesse Ullonen does something fantastic in rookie camp. But I'm, I'm not holding my breath for that one. What do you think? Yeah, uh, exactly. We uh, we know that uh, Ilonen will come over, and the other ones have already uh, found new teams for the 2021 season. I guess that's the good thing about a shortened season, um, or whatever you can call it, that everyone can um, can start tr- start to uh, get ready for the 2021 season much earlier than usual. Yeah, there's one contract that is up in the air still and let's be yeah, honest about that and and yeah. i think it will be signed on a new that person will sign on the first of may uh, which is obviously a national holiday in in europe as well so uh, on on first uh, of may we do expect uh, alexander romanov the tsar uh, the destroyer i've heard some of the canadian scout call him the assassin uh, a beloved child has many names but Everything, absolutely everything, points to the fact that Alexander Romanov will play in the NHL next year. Yeah, I mean, you're the insider. Couldn't you like uh, just get a heads up from Romanov and just you know get a scoop, perhaps ice on the price a little early, so that we will absolutely know that he will play for Canadians next season? Unfortunately, he didn't leave me his phone number when I met him in Stockholm, uh-huh. but. We're there and, and we are expected. And when I met Canadian scouts all through the season, uh, there has been a cautious optimism about him going to NHL. And it's been a very interesting conversation to have. I think most of us will expect him to start on the third pairing. But we are not... I mean, everyone can surprise in camp. We all know that. But that left side of the defense sure looks very tempting when you look at the under-24s in, in the Montreal Canadiens organization. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the right side as well. We have Josh Brook and Kale Fleury and, yeah, especially those two uh, coming up as well. So I think if we just, as we've talked about all season, if we can just hold our breath for 
one or two more years. I know it's difficult when we've waited 27 years for a cup, but I it could think be worse. We could looks... be the Toronto yeah. Maple Leafs. Exactly, exactly. We have to have perspective. 24 cup titles. I mean, that's still something to be proud of. Um, so if we can just hold on for a few more years, uh, the future looks very bright. Romanov, I expect him to come in. I expect him to play the kind of game that he does in, in KHL or have done in KHL. Sound and secure, keeping up, um, maybe taking a little bit of a libero position and letting the other player go forward. I would love to see him with Jeff Petrie. I really do. But I'm not sure that will happen. Uh, but I can see that would be a good mentor for him. Uh, he himself has said that he looks up to Shea Weber a lot. Obviously, that will be a good mentor in the dressing room. But I don't think he will start on the first pairing. Don't expect too much from Alexander Romanov. His English was all right. Uh, and I think it will take some adjustment to get him into the team. And especially into... Uh, maybe the more physical play of the NHL. Yeah, and especially we, it's it's not fair for us to expect a 20-year-old rookie to come in and change the entire defensive core of the Canadians. It's still uh, Petris and Webers and Charots. Um, they are the ones who should lead the way. And guys like Fleury and Brook and, uh, and Romanov are supposed to complement them and learn from them so that they can take over in a few years. Looking at the other prospect that, uh, or there are two other prospects that crosses the Atlantic from Europe this year, but but let's start with the first one. We had an interview with Jesse Elon just the other week. He is working really hard to to build up that muscle. He really said it was positive to go over, even if he didn't play any games before the coronavirus crisis closed everything down. But I think he will start in the AHL. I think he will benefit from that here. He is there to learn from Joel Bouchard, from the others. He said that uh, Jesper Kotkaniemi has said a lot of good things. Um, Otto Leiskanen uh, has also said a lot of, of good things about him. And just the fact that he, he sort of started figuring out Montreal, setting up bank accounts and stuff, really helped him in this few weeks that he spent in Montreal. Can he be used in the same way as he has been used in Liga? That is another thing for us to, to, to keep an eye on. I think he will, again, start with the defense and build from that. You will benefit from Jesse Ilonen's speed, from his uh, skill with the puck, to have great zone exits and zone entries, and, and use that speed to go through the, the neutral zone in many ways. Exactly. Uh, and I have to say, it was such a great interview. If you haven't listened to that, uh, go back and do it, because it was really interesting to hear Jesse Olenen. So great work, Patrick. Um, but yeah, obviously his skating is his um, uh, absolutely strongest uh, asset to, to bring with uh, to North America. So obviously we know that Olenen will have something to add to an AHL team from the start of next season. Uh, whether he will produce points from the start, that depends. We have seen with guys like um, Jake Evans this season, for example, that it can take uh, a while to get going um, during a season. And we, as, as we said about Romanov, we have to be patient with these 
uh, young kids coming over. Uh, but Ilan has potential, and it will be great to be able to watch him. The third person crossing over the Atlantic is um, a little bit surprising in some ways and a little bit not surprising in other ways. Uh, Frederick Dishov, uh, the gnome, as I've started to call him uh, in in, high, in reference to his other surname, uh, Nissen, which means the gnome in, in Swedish and Danish and, and all Scandinavian languages, more or less. Um, he's going over to Sudbury Wolves. You had some interesting thoughts about this. Uh, I saw that uh, because Dishov obviously has played for uh, Malmo Redhawks um, junior team, um, under-20 team this season. Um, and I heard from you that uh, obviously he didn't get the um, the backup role for uh, for the senior team for next season. So his options were limited. So he chose to go to North America already and uh, start to uh, prepare for yeah, a, a professional career there. And um, he was drafted by Sudbury Wolves in the uh, with the first forty first pick in the CHL. Um, what do you call it? CHL import draft um, last year, I think. Um, and uh, when he wanted to decide if he was going over to Sudbury, he actually uh, came in contact with uh, Uko Pekalukkonen, um, the Finnish goalie prospect for Buffalo Sabers, who now play for Rochester. Um, who had a lot of great things to say about Sudbury, uh, which made more certain in um, in his choice for next season. So he seemed really excited about going over and playing in the OHL next season, which is great as well for for you Canadians that you can um, watch him more closely and see if he uh, could be a goalie for the future. I also think that it's beneficial for him to have spent a year in Sweden. He's probably he, he's played or, or practiced with the with the Malmö Redhawks uh, top squad but also he's learned to live on his own he's learned all these things that I've said about Jesse and setting up bank accounts uh, dealing with with finances uh, getting new friends off the ice etc etc these are things that you need to 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 sort of prepare yourself for for take that step it's a huge step for for uh, for any person to go out, but especially for a teenager to, to cross the Atlantic and set up a new shop in many ways and, and get down to that. He has been very uneven, partly due to uh, roster changes with Malmö under-20s, but also, I mean, he, he struggled a little bit with the mental game. Uh, sometimes uh, he acts out, he... he, he gets frustrated with his defense with the, with the referees and i think he needs to calm that down there's a lot of potential but he's been very very uneven he had stood on his head a few times and he has stood on on uh, and, and just held on to to the post another couple of times and just rested more or less it, it that's how it seemed i'm not saying that that's what he's done but it's been a very contradictive season for for Frederick Dishov and it's been very tough to, to evaluate him because he hasn't really been consistent between the pipes. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, you have a very good point with this about even if Dishov is Danish, so it's not a big transition to move to Sweden, it's still, you, you learn so much from living abroad and having to deal with stuff on your own when you're that young. I remember when I moved to Italy when I was 19 the first time, I couldn't cook, I couldn't take care of myself. I had just lived at home with my parents before. I mean, it was such a big transition, and 
to be able to do that made it so much easier when I eventually moved to Montreal a few years later. Um, and Dishov is now going over to Canada and he has already spent a year in Sweden, which makes it easier, the transition, because of course it's frustrating and, and a lot to uh, to handle when you're 18, 19 years old and, and move away from what you already know. And that is something we don't think about with these young kids, really, uh, that they are kids and they need to be they need to grow up to be able to play hockey at a, a good professional level. Indeed. And I think, you know, we, we all need to, to, to consider that. And, and especially you need, we, we saw it with Lucas Vedemo. He said his first year in Laval was really tough. He didn't have anything else to do. It was just hockey, hockey, hockey. He brought his girlfriend over and then he, he uh, started studying just to get focus a little bit off uh, hockey and being able to hang around other people and I think this is very very interesting and it's a it's a really good thing uh, for Frederick to, to have been able to stay in Malmö even if it's literally just a bridge between Sweden and Denmark in that case but I think it's it's made him a bit more mature uh, unfortunately uh, Malmö didn't pick him as their backup but due to the season that Frederick has had I'm not surprised Hopefully he take that next step in in uh, Sudbury and uh, can challenge and and that's it's a, it's a great goalie pipeline we have right now in Montreal behind Carey Price. It seems like Montreal is looking for a backup goalkeeper at least according to rumors and uh, other things. But then we have what is it Primo Lindgren and McNiven in in uh, in AHL. And three goalies in NHL in AHL can be one too many. So the question is, will there be a trade coming up? Yeah, uh, I mean, we saw the, that this season when Keith Kincaid got sent down, um, and also before when when Lindgren and Primo were playing, and McNiven was the one left out, and McNiven had to go around different ECHL teams since Montreal doesn't have an affiliate in the ECHL, so he had to move around uh, North America to just get playing time, and. Being the third goalie, the, the third goalie uh, or the odd goalie out in the AHL is so frustrating. And that is something we don't really hear that much about. But it's something that we can't have next season. And it was unfortunate for Montreal that uh, the Kincaid thing didn't work out. And then obviously it seems like Montreal doesn't believe enough in Charlie Lindgren. Uh, but they do want Keith... Uh, Keith Primo, Caden Primo, to play as much as possible in the AHL. So if they don't uh, decide to um, decide to pick Charlie Lindgren as the backup next season, I think he will be the one to go. Then there are four prospects left on this side of the pond, and we are uncertain where one of them will play. And it's Arsene Shisamitino, the fire starter. Um, I've forgotten about him. <laughs> yeah, actually, I just remembered him. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so we both did it. But um, from what I've heard and, and read between the lines and in different interviews and, and different contacts, it seems like he will probably leave Niftimik, uh, citing different coaching uh, struggles there. The question is if he will be picked by an, another KHL team if Montreal is as interested as they think uh, they might be and pick him over for the AHL as well. That remains to be seen, but that is the big question mark right now. Uh, where will he play and, and, and 
in what role capacity can can he participate in that way um, it's an interesting prospect i understand why montreal picked him and and i think it was a, a, an interesting pick at the time but you have to see how it all pans out do you think it would be wise to bring him <coughs> over to do you think it would be wise to bring him over to the ahl for uh, for next season do you think he could have a role to play in laval it wouldn't surprise me if you if you draft someone an overager that late you you want to figure out on on which leg he will stand when 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 the wind blows but it wouldn't surprise me if montreal tries to use some contacts or or whatnot and see if he can stay in europe somewhere hopefully in the khl with a bigger role he hasn't looked too bad when he's played that's the thing the thing is he hasn't been able to play that much and obviously no. when neftimik uh, got the chance to to set the first two lines more or less secure with with imports and, and older KHL players. There wasn't enough space for Shizamachinov. Uh, he's performed very well in the in the lower leagues, but he hasn't really taken the step at KHL level. If that is due to his own skill or the coaching, uh, it remains to be seen, and, and that's what we have to look out for wherever he plays next year. But it it sounds like a change of scenery might be beneficial for him as well indeed it, it really yeah. does and i think he will benefit from it because his his confidence is probably not at the top right now then there are three set and and one of them is 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 maybe the most interesting prospects uh because we haven't seen him play that much for two years Joni ikonen is is going to ilvis in tapara next year and uh, it would be a very interesting. It's a really interesting team. Johnny sounds really happy about his choice. Uh, it's a team known for their youth development program. And if Johnny Ikonen will break through, this is the team that he has to do it with. He will most likely, if his body holds up, uh, start in one of the top two lines and work himself from there. It would be a very interesting follow and and. I hope that the corona situation will die down a little bit and uh, that I can go to Tapara for, for a game or two and, and meet Johnny again, uh, hopefully against against uh, the local rivals. Uh, but we'll see what, what we can do. Johnny will have a lot of Canadians' eyes on him. He has been that player that many... That his upside is so strong. But on the other hand, in order for... To make him succeed, you will have to play him on a top two line. Exactly. And we don't really know his status anymore after him playing only 13 games uh, during the last two years. He played zero games this season. It was just a lost year for him. Um, but when he came back and played those 13 games at the end of, well, at the end of last, last season... Um, he did score 10 points, and he uh, he looked really good. Um, and obviously, we know that Joni Ekonen has great potential. Um, it just it, it would be great for him to pan out, but with every every month that passes where he can't play hockey, it just becomes more and more frustrating for both him and yeah, his development. Of course, um, it can't be he can't develop properly. Um, so uh, this is it feels like a make it or break it season for Yoni Ekonen at least for his NHL season uh, NHL 
potential. Um, yeah, I'm, if, I'm if something super, should happen, it, it has to happen now. I'm super sure that uh, he will have a career in hockey. The question yeah. is, it what level and, and and what league? But he will definitely have a a, a career in hockey. Uh, in those 13 games and the 10 points that he got, it was a great thing. I'm not saying that, but he was also playing together with Alexandre Tetier that went directly into a Columbus Blue Jackets lineup during the playoffs uh, when he was done in Finland. So, yeah, I mean, a lot with Johnny, but he had a lot of help, quality help as well. Mm-hmm. So, so, but. Uh, you were mentioning some of the names that that looks interesting on Ilva's roster for next year. I know this year they've had Dostal. He will go early-ish in the draft, and I I think that Dostal has already been. Yeah, drafted, I think. yeah. yeah. Um, he's an overager. He's twenty now, so yeah. Uh, I think yeah. Dostal will will most likely leave, and that yeah. will leave a gap in the uh Ilves backup uh, in, in their goalie situation he was mm-hmm. really really superb last year and i think uh as Ilves finished fourth uh, i'm not sure they will be that high up this year but it's still a very interesting uh team especially considering the youth program yeah exactly uh i remember when i wrote the article on uh, anton lundell as a top prospect he was only Anton Lundell was only beaten uh, points-wise in the Liga by one player, and that's Matthias Macelli, who uh, plays for um, for Ilves, and the uh, he was in the World Junior squad as well. Um, they also have uh, a guy called Roby Gerventje, uh, Gerventje, if we are gonna say it in Finnish, who are uh, who is supposed to be a fringe first rounder for this year. He has really come out of the blue, um, so he's someone to look at as well since he is only 17 and will most surely stay on in Ilves for next season um, he's currently ranked 18th by NHL Central Scouting for EU skaters that sounds good to say the least and then of course they have Lassie Thompson on defense as well uh, who was a first rounder last year so it's a good youth program and I think that's what Joni Ikonen needs right now to be among um, players in the same situation as him um, and a team that's with uh, potential um, and I hope that they have convinced him that um, he will be have a big role in in their future success uh, so that he can uh, find confidence again after two years uh, spoiled by injury definitely and that leaves us with two players and, and I'm going to be boring uh, just to keep you guys on the edge a little bit but uh, Jacob Wilson will come back stronger he's had shoulder surgery after a up and down season he started out a little bit slow, got into the groove, and when everything started to look really great, he separated his shoulder uh, and missed the World Juniors. He came back and got injured in practice in the same shoulder, ended up having surgery. Um, it's a little bit of a make-or-break-it season as well for, for uh, Jacob Olofsson. Uh, if he can build from what we saw uh, with Kuleftio last year, I think... It really can be a breakout season for Jacob. He showed poise. He showed a little bit of that skill that he, he showcased in Hockey Alsenskan. And he was awarded Guld Galreth as the best junior in Hockey Alsenskan a couple of years ago. So the potential is there. Um, and, and hopefully he will get a little bit of a bigger role. He started to get that role 
uh, when Tom Payet, another uh, former Canadian, actually was relegated in the in the roster because he didn't perform well in Sweden. Uh, and Jacob can build on this. The question is, how much does his shoulder bother him, etc., etc. And that's what something we have to to see. We know that Skellefteå is is one of the top teams in Sweden. We know that they have one of the toughest off seasons uh, possible, and and uh, a lot of other Swedish clubs went to Skellefteå a couple of years ago to learn from them and see what they did, and have then changed into their own style. Frölunda was one of them, and and Djurgården was another. Two teams that are really looking strong for next year, and that's where we're gonna find maybe the most exciting prospect in Europe. As let's be honest, as Alexander Romanov is leaving for NHL, but at Matthias Nolander this week, uh, I've had the news for for a bit, but I promise Matthias not to say it. Uh, but he will sign for Frölunda, or he did sign for Frölunda on uh, Wednesday. I think it was he moved down to Gothenburg on Thursday and uh, he will benefit a lot from from the off-season training that Roger Runberg and Frelunda has in, in store for him. Uh, I spoke with Roger. Uh, it's uh, the podcast just below this one uh, in the uh, in wherever you 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 listening to it from. But Roger said he will need two years before he's ready the first year he needs to adapt to SHL and the system. He will get all the chances. Uh, Runberg compared him a little bit to Rasmus Dahlin. Same kind of player. Uh, has played center in his youth program. Uh, they they play the same kind of offensive game. And they're not afraid to make mistakes. And when they make mistakes, they go out and do the same thing again. But that time they succeed. So they learn really, really quick as well. I think this is probably the best move that Matthias Norlinder could have done. I've been a little bit hesitant to to uh, give Roger Runberg uh, a, a former World Junior Championship coach, and uh, he's won uh, Champions Hockey League. He's won the SHL, etc. Uh, credit for for his development of Rasmus Dahlin because Philip Westerlund, a very high-touted prospect at that time, didn't develop in the same way as we would have thought and i was unsure if if Dalene was a self-playing piano or or uh, if or uh, runberry couldn't really develop uh, defenders to the same degree as he he, he developed forwards but seeing what he have done with jacob movera and la king's draft prospect uh, the last two seasons makes me think that matthias norlinder has really really made a very good choice it will be so fun as well that you will be able to... I mean, it's your team. And uh, to be able to have him in your backyard, basically, uh, it will be so fun for next season and uh, the re- kind of reports we can get at half size on the price. Yeah, I mean, like, let's just draft um, uh, Lucas Raymond as well. And I had two guys in front oh, of yeah. that. <laughs> that would be brilliant. Yeah. But you also yeah. know that one of my other teams is uh, Rögle and Engelholm, and there are some interesting players down there as well that we do yeah. keep an eye on. Um, obviously, yeah. I, what, what I think for Norlinder, he will play international games this year. That is if Champions Hockey League uh, continues uh, after the corona crisis or not. We, we, we all think it will, but the question in, in what way. Uh, it can be a knockout competition straight from the start or something similar just to shorten it a little bit. Uh, 
but he will get the chance to play international games and and i think this is even more interesting than maybe playing on one of sweden's top teams uh, we saw Tim Stutzler go out and, and actually manhandle some of the teams in, in, in CHL this year. We've seen other prospects coming in. Rasmus Dahlin obviously was one, but, but other prospects. We see Holtz this year as well ha- has shown progress in, in uh, CHL. And it's, it's something that I think will be more and more prominent that some of these top prospects, some of these development that, that develop into great players have played international early in their career not only international with the national teams but also international with with these kind of tournaments did, did i just hear you being positive about alexander holtz yeah well you know i spoke to i spoke to <laughs> robert Olson, and after that you sort of have to be positive because he was positive yeah, <laughs> robert is a great guy uh, there are some good good uh, interviews coming up i'm sure you will have a, a, an interview or two later on as well uh, and then obviously i can uh, sort of, of uh, acknowledge that i've have spoken with uh, tim stutzler's coach as well uh, to hear what he has to say about tim stutzler and his development this year so there are a lot of upcoming things coming on 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 eyes on the prize especially uh, in regards to um to the draft however it may be held this year because we everything is up in the air and we really don't know what's going on but it's been great having you on as always anton Uh, and thank you guys for listening including my coughing and my mistakes with docile not being grafted (laughs) because i'm not going to edit this so so it's been great fun anton thank you again Uh, enjoy the sunshine in south sweden and stay safe everyone just stay safe stay safe